dad was a super sweet guy and he got his letter. So this was, would have been January, 2016. And he called me up from Rochester, New York and said, Oh, Nance got the letter. I loved it. I framed it. I put it over my desk. Oh. And I was like, Oh, that is the sweetest thing. And also very on brand for my father He's a really good guy. And so he had this over his desk. And then six months later, when we, when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and we lost him so quickly, it was such a shock, but I could take such comfort in the fact that I knew my dad had sat in front of that letter every day at his desk. You know, he really had time to absorb what was in it. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. I just wanted to show you the awesome book that today's guest wrote called The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. If you've been around a while, and by the way, if you haven't, there's more than a hundred episodes of Persistence You as a backlist. But if you've been around for a while in my sphere, then you know that I deal with a lot of personal anxiety and, um, you know, some mental health, severe ups and downs. And so self-care is such an important thing to me. One of the most important things is developing a morning routine that deals with gratitude. And when I read this book, I first heard about it on uh, a podcast that I cannot remember which one it was, but Nancy has written a book that talks about reaching out to people who are fundamental in her life, who she was truly grateful for. So uh, upon her 50th birthday, she decided that she wanted to write 50 people as a gift to herself who had positively impacted her world. And it was so transformational that it, she ended up writing this book, The Thank You Project by Running Press. So Nancy Davis Co., let me tell you some other things about her. Nancy is a speaker, author, and podcaster whose work appeared in Washington Post, San Francisco Chronicle, and NPR affiliate KQED. Her book, The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter at a Time, was published by Running Press in 2019. Nancy covers the years between being hip and breaking one. And uh, while she's not currently podcasting, her podcast can be heard called midlifemixtape.com. And I am so very excited. I sometimes forget that being a podcaster means I can reach out to people when I have spare minutes and people who I wanted to connect with anyway and introduce them to you. So today is very exciting. So thankful. I hope you are going to enjoy it as much as I know I, I will. Anyhow, reach out to me at lameredith.com. Let me know what you think. And thank you so much to patrons and people who buy me a cup of coffee to support the podcast and my writing. Nancy's book makes a brief appearance in my new book, um, Grounded in Grit, Turn Your Challenges into Superpowers, because it was that impactful. 
we can reach out to people even in the midst of our own difficult times, even if we have little money or we're just at the end of our thread. And think about the people who've helped us reach the point that we're at now and who positively impacted our lives. It's free. It's an amazing impact on your mental health. And it's so much fun. So I can't wait to talk to her. She is a firecracker. All right, I'll introduce her in just a second. Nancy Davis Co., thank you so much for being here on Persistence U today. I can't even tell you how thrilling this is for me. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about persistence and gratitude and how they interrelate and just get into it. Yes, let's get into it because I know that I can't remember which podcast, but I listened to your interview on a podcast and I think it was like more, I think it was before I moved from Alaska to Chattanooga and heard about the Thank You Project and I couldn't buy it fast enough. Aww, so do tell how in the world that you decided that you wanted to write 50, at least 50 people from your past and thank them for the transformative impact that they had on your life. So it was the end of the year before the year I would turn 50. And I was just, it was December and I was kind of thinking about, I wanted to make my 50th birthday year something different because that felt like a pretty important number to me. And it occurred to me and I knew this, I knew this long before I turned 50, but I had been very fortunate throughout my life. I had a loving family. I was, I had a good education. You know, there were a lot of reasons why at the age of 50, I had so many um, things to be grateful for. And I knew full well, it was not all my doing. I was not me as a lone, you know, a solo performer getting myself to where I was. So I thought, you know, it would be a good thing to do this year, just to think about all the people who have helped me get to where I am because everything is going so well. And I'd been married for a long time and my kids were doing really well. My mom and dad, I, I live in uh, the Bay Area now, but my folks were still in upstate New York where I grew up and I'm close to my siblings. And I'm like, oh, everything's going great. And it is not a giveaway to say this because it's in the first few pages of the book that that year went uh, pear-shaped, as the British say. I had the my father was diagnosed with cancer and died really quickly, and we had no idea it was coming. I was uh, I sent the first kid off to college, which was a big adjustment. And so the project really started out of a sense of be grateful for all the good things in your life. And then as the year progressed, I realized even more deeply how much gratitude can make a difference when th- when things are hard, because I had a very difficult time. Um, and so... I had very little in the way of plans for this 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 letter writing project that I came up with. I decided I would do one letter every week. I was turning 50, so I thought I'll write 50, 50 letters and give myself two weeks off of vacation, uh, you know, and I'll be done at the end of the year. And I said to myself, I want to do one page. I'm going to do one page for everybody. And uh, I, I was not going to handwrite it because my handwriting is lousy. And I wanted people to be able to read what I was telling them. I'm a writer, you know, and I'm sorry, I type all the time. So it was just faster if I did it on the computer. But that was about it. I was just going to write these letters. And um, I made a list of names of people I thought I would write to. And I got to about 22, 23 names, you know, family, close friends. And then I thought, 
I'm not sure I know 50 people. So I was a little worried that I was going to run out of people to write to. But then I was thinking, well, if I do one a week, that gives me to June to, to make some new friends. So I'll be fine. It'll be good. So I just started writing. And the first two letters were to my mom and dad. And it was really interesting to me because right away with the first two letters, I experienced this physical sense of peace and calm coming over me as I finished writing them. And I would really, lit- I could physically feel my shoulders drop, my jaw unclench. You know, I just felt better. And mm. I thought, boy, this is really amazing. And so then I was kind of excited to write letters three and four. And it just kept building on each other because it was such a replicable act. I knew that every time I sat down to write one of these letters, I would feel better about myself. And so that's kind of, it can, kind of created its own momentum. And um yeah, I did not set out to write a book. I just wanted to write 50 letters. But after I was done that with writing all my letters, I had a couple of different people say, hey, I heard through the grapevine that you wrote these letters. They were obviously not people I wrote letters to. But, you know, I heard <laughs> I heard that people you, you weren't thankful to know. <laughs> not I didn't know them well enough yet. It was just we hadn't gotten just kidding. Them. Right. Just kidding. So I explained what I did and they wanted to know, you know, how did you decide who to write to? What did you write? Da, da, da. And at some point, I just thought, well, I could put that all into it. I could write that down and give people a blueprint. So that's, you know, that's what the book is. It's not a collection of my letters because who cares, you know, who I wrote to. But I wanted to make it really easy for people to access the same benefits I felt and experienced in that year because it really permanently changed the way I look at the world around me for the better. And so that's what this book seeks to do is just make it super easy for anybody who wants to try this to just have some ideas of, of how they'll get started and, and continue as they go. I love it. I mean, I think it's fantastic. It came at a great time because yeah, well, the world was just about to turn on its ear right? and we were left with nothing but time for those of us who stayed at home being isolated. But also, gratitude is free. I mentioned mm-hmm. that in the introduction. It is free. And there's something about releasing these feelings to a page and reaching out to people who helped positively shape your world that is transformational. What was, can you give an example of someone who actually received one of your letters who was so grateful? Well, I always love my. My dad was a super sweet guy and he got his letter. So this was, would have been January, 2016. And he called me up from Rochester, New York and said, oh, Nance got the letter. I loved it. I framed it. I put it over my desk. Oh. And I was like, oh, that is the sweetest thing. And also very on brand for my father. He's a really good guy. And so he had this over his desk. And then six months later, when we, when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and we lost him so quickly, it was such a shock, but I could take such comfort in the fact that I knew my dad had sat in front of that letter every day at his desk. You know, he really had time to absorb what was in it. So that meant so much to me, you know, just to know that he, that it had come at the right time for him. And so, you know, I got all kinds of reactions from people. Virtually everyone who got a letter acknowledged it in some way, but the, the way they reacted was different. And, and one of the rules I had for myself was that I was not to, allowed to expect any reaction at all because no one asked me to write these letters. This was all my doing. So it wasn't fair for me to then put an obligation that somebody would have to write me one back or call me up. 
you know, but everybody did something. Um, and one of the other, one of the other ones that really meant a lot to me was um, I ended, I wrote to my obstetrician because I had my girls at the time were 15 and 18. And so the words I kept using throughout the whole year and even since, it, who are the people who have helped, shaped, and inspired you, right? So three words, helped, shaped, inspired. And it occurred to me at some point, well, that obstetrician sure helped me because she delivered my daughters. She was a great doctor. I would, had pretty straightforward pregnancies, but any pregnant, any, you know, any labor and delivery is dangerous. It can be. Sure. And so I just thought, boy, what if she hadn't been so good at her job? Like, I I really am so grateful to her. So I wrote her a letter. And she's a very prominent doctor in San Francisco. In the news, sometimes, you know, she said she's delivered literally probably 20,000 babies at this point. And she wrote me back. And she said, I never get letters like this. This meant so much to me. And I was like, what? But you know, it's all these people. I, I really, you know, the further I went into this project, as you know, I went beyond family and friends and I started trying to find those people who are in plain sight who we don't think to thank. And yet we're so beholden to them for doing what they do. So that that letter meant something different to me because I just thought, my goodness, you know, she should be getting showered in thank you letters. But we all we get to we take things for granted. We forget. And I think that's so beautiful that she was so very touched, but that you reached out to her and let her know what a difference mm-hmm. that her work had made. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I did a lot of research on the benefits of gratitude and saying thank you for my next tiny little book. And one of the benefits that I read about, there was a study that literally showed that people who remember to say thank you are much more likely to be helped again in the future by the person that they sought uh, help from and and are thanking. But that person who's being thanked is also much more likely to extend themselves to other people in the future because they were re-energized and recognized. I mean, it would be great if all of us would just do good things 24-7 and never expect anything. But the fact is, we need to be acknowledged sometimes. And what you did shows us how to help change lives. Not that's just right. Around. Not mm-hmm. just, around. I mean, I call it a gratitude twofer because there are people who say, well, I'm not sure if this gratitude practice for me or is for me, or someone will say, you know, what if I just text it? And, you know, I always say, I'm not going to ever tell you to not express gratitude in some way, but I think the letters are a twofer because the person receiving that, you know, on the receiving end and the writer, I mean, that was the thing that really fascinated me as I researched the science that I include in the book is how much of the benefit of gratitude accrues to the writer of the letters. I love it. And all of the stuff that I experienced that, you know, that calming, that centering is, has been man- uh, measured physically. You know, these are, there are metrics that show, yes, that's exactly how it works. It's like a, one of the Sociologists I spoke to said, if you think about those red reset buttons on an electrical appliance, gratitude acts like hitting the red reset button. It brings everything back to neutral, calms your parasympathetic nervous system. And that's for the person writing the letter, not even the person who's going to find out, oh, you know, I think you're great. And here's something you've done for me that really made my life better. So um, I do any gratitude practice is is great, but this one is like two for the price of one. I think that's so fantastic. And I love that you started with your parents. Not everyone feels 
and I will just say myself, I'll take credit. Not everyone feels as, you know, I mean, it depends on your parents, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, absolutely. we're not all going to start with our parents, but can you tell us about a time when you wrote someone that you knew would never receive the letter, whether they were living somewhere, you didn't know where they were, or they were already deceased, but you still wanted to write the letter. And what was that like? I'll give you two examples, if I may, because the first one that comes to mind is Jane Austen, who's very dead. So you cannot get a letter to Jane Austen. But what I learned in writing the book is that, so we are all born with positive and negative recall bias. And positive recall bias is the tendency to notice good things around you. Negative recall bias is the inverse of that. And what you do when you practice gratitude, when you write a gratitude letter, you strengthen the neural pathways for your positive recall bias to get stronger, faster, better. So the more you look for good things around you, the more efficient you get at looking for good things around you. And the way it played out for me is that I would know, okay, next Friday, I'm going to write a letter to my friend, Andrea. So I need to figure out what I'm going to put in that letter. So all week long, I'm going to think about Andrea. What has she done for me? What have I learned from her? And I want—I always wanted these letters to be not, first of all, to be specific. You know, you're so nice is not great. But, you know, remember that time you picked up my kids for me because I had car trouble and you took them to school so they weren't late. The like specific ways that she had helped. And also the the way that people's acts have impacted us that's another good way to think about the framing for these letters is okay am i the how am i a different person because i know you and i'll stick with the example of andrea she's the world's best entertainer like you want to go to her house for dinner or a drink or whatever because it's always laid out so beautifully and she's a good cook and she take you know she want, she looks after the details And I've gotten better too, because I see her do that. So anyway, I would spend all week thinking about a friend. And even before I wrote anything down, I was training my brain to look for positive things. I was thinking about a person who'd been nice to me. I was looking for the specific ways. So then the next week, when it's time for me to write a letter to, you know, my nephew, David, I'm thinking, you know, I'm doing it again, but this time I'm just a little bit better at finding the the positive things about him. And so um, as time passed, I got so much better at figuring out people and uh, people who would have a positive impact on me that I, that I was like, oh, uh, you know, I don't have to think about people who I'm in touch with necessarily, because there are people who have helped shaped or inspired me that I'm not in touch with. So Jane Austen, I love reading her novels. She is to me, she's my favorite writer. I love to see the movies based. You know, I just, I just think she was a woman ahead of her time. And so I wrote her a thank you letter because I'm pretty conversant in Jane Austen. If you give me, you know, enough of a, of a runway, I will talk your ear off about her. And that's part of who I am. And so I wanted to thank her for, you know, for being an influence in my life. So that was a fun one to write because I felt like I needed to explain things all the way through because she wouldn't understand any of my modern lingo. Um, But another one I wrote, and I think this ties, I guess it ties into persistence. I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out how I think it does, but Um, I wrote to a friend who I had stopped being friends with after high school. Mm. Um, And that was by his choice. He he was uh, a really close friend in high school. And then he just kind of ghosted me. And I was left very puzzled and hurt by that. 
But I, by that time, I was like nine or 10 months into the process. So I was getting very good at saying, okay, there's got to be something to be grateful for in this relationship. And I realized, you know, helped, shaped, or inspired me. He helped and he helped and shaped me so much in high school because he was always there for me. And even though he didn't feel he could be friends with me as we were adults, I have plenty of friends as an adult. It was high school when I needed I needed somebody tr- you know to trust. And so I wrote a thank you letter to him knowing that I didn't have his address. I didn't want to send the letter anyway. I just wanted to remind myself of all that he had, the goodness that he brought in my life. Mm. And that whole week of thinking about our relationship, our friendship that we'd had, my takeaway was, you know, it's not weird that he's not friends with me now. It's weird that he stayed friends with me all through high school because he put a lot more work into that friendship than I did. Oh, wow. You know, and it helped me kind of recast and also, you know, take some responsibility. But, you know, I was 16, so whatever, but we don't all, all make the best decisions. But, you know, if I had to, if I could go back and do it over again, I think I would have treated him differently at different scenarios. And so I wrote this letter and I, the forgiveness that came out of writing that, I was like, I, I release all the resentment I've been holding for you. It was never well placed. And I, and I, you know, recognize my play, my role in this. And I would, you know, if I could, I would ask forgiveness there. And on not like two weeks later, I get a Facebook friend request from this guy. Oh, I literally was texting with him yesterday. Like it's the gift of my fifties is that I'm back friends with my pal and we never talk about it. He's read the book. So he knows there's a letter he's never going to (laughs) read, but it, you know, it's these letters can be pretty transformative in ways you don't expect. I love that. What a gift to yourself is right. Yeah. And we all, I think most of us, if we really think about it, we can, we can remember those friendships where they're still like, why did we fade? Why did that friendship end? Or, oh, that ended dramatically, but did it really need to? Or it did need to end dramatically. And I still learned something about that. Because, you know, you mentioned in the beginning, you said, you know, people who had had good influences on our life and, you know, just to, just so nobody thinks I'm a Pollyanna because certainly I am not, you know, we learn through negative examples too. And toward the end of writing these letters, I started thinking, okay, help shaped, inspired. What about the friend who I broke up with because she was, she was a terrible friend. And I, you know, and learned at the age of 21 that I was, you know, you know, I kind of had to define for myself that this is what a friend does. And, you know, somebody who's using you all the time is not that person. And I've been very good and deliberate in my, you know, since my twenties of being able to say, this is not a person who's who's going to, you know, it's not a two-way, it's not a two-way relationship or, you know, this is a really good friend. I can tell because I've, I've had the opposite. So you could write a letter to somebody who taught you through negative example, you know, like a terrible boss you had or an ex-boyfriend. I I wrote to some ex-boyfriends. I didn't mail any of those letters, (laughs) right? but what I learned from the science is again, you know, the, the benefit comes in all those physical benefits and the psychological benefits come when you write the letter, so you can consider writing to people where you've had complicated relationships, say what you need to, find what you're thankful for, and then put it away. And it's a really powerful way, I think, especially for people who are, you know, let's say 40 and above, to look back over your history with some tenderness, you know, and 
look at things that maybe felt really hard or negative at the time and say, oh, well, that's the lesson I learned from that person. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm glad I know it. So I can thank them for that. And that, and I don't forgive anything else that was, you know, you don't have to forgive everything, but you can look at the entirety of relationship as it's left an impact over time and find things to be grateful for. So that's why one of the main rules that like throughout this book, I say over and over, this is what I did. You can do what you did. I interviewed a few other people who had approached it differently. So there's a range of examples, but the one thing that I will not relent on is that you keep a copy of every letter you write because it's really great at the end of the day to look back and have a stack of physical proof of how many people have helped you in your life, how many people have shaped you and cared enough about you to put themselves out. And I think, you know, it becomes a history in a sense. Right, right. And whether it's an old teacher, an old pastor, an ex-friend, an ex partner, whatever it is, we can train our brains to find the gratitude, Mm -hmm. even in the pain. Right. And I think that's really important. I mean, right after you wrote this book, the world isolated more than ever. Then we started polarizing ourselves uh, based on things that won't matter after we're dead whatsoever. And so I think it's really important to remember that we can train our brains back to a place to emphasize and amplify gratitude, or we can stay complaining in our little circle, polarized about, you know, right. talking about what people have disappointed us and how horrible they think and all of those things. And when it's you do choice. all your, and that is really brain science. You are actually making yourself very efficient at looking for negative things. When you right. think like that, there's a reason you get stuck in that loop. Right. And you know, it was when I, when I wrote the book, I said to my editor, I just want to understand why it works so well. I know it does because it changed me, but you know, that was the real takeaway for me is that gratitude is like a muscle and it gets stronger and you just keep practicing and you keep using it. And so, yeah, the book came out December, 2019 and I was out on my book tour and suddenly I was not anymore and (laughs) everything moved to zoom but I'm actually so glad it came out when it did because there were I had was able to do a lot of things like this, a lot of you know Zoom connections, Zoom book clubs, um, and it this was I just gosh you know it seems so long ago and yet it also seems like yesterday. People who were literally isolated, socially distanced from each other, having to remind themselves that they had these connections. And remind themselves that they had been through hard times before and had gotten over them. And that it was these people on their list who had helped them when they hit hard times. Not to mention how great would it, you know, was it during that era to go out to your mailbox and find a letter from someone because you're so bored of the people in your pod and you've already downloaded the entire internet. So, you know, these these letters and the physical letters, I think the the um the fact that they're a physical artifact is important because it's something you can open and reread and tuck into your purse and keep in your bedside table to read before you go to bed and every time you reread it you get that little hit again so um it's and it like you said it's free okay you have to buy a stamp right and hopefully you have an envelope somewhere in your house but you know it, it it's a very low cost way to make yourself more resilient more hopeful you know just focusing on 
positive things instead of just looking for what's out there that's out to get you, which I think, as you mentioned, the you know, the division we have in our country right now, I think people are stuck. I don't I don't think all people are bad. I think we're stuck. Right. You know. Right. And gratitude is a great way to start inching our way out of that. Right. And I love it. I adore this book, The Thank You Project. So good. And I also enjoyed your podcast, which I know is at least on pause, if not finished, Mm -hmm. but the Midlife Mixtapes. That's right. The Midlife Mixtape Podcast. So I did the last episode. It's for the years between being hip and breaking one. (laughs) And I did my last episode December 2021, but the whole show, five years of episodes is still available everywhere because uh, I used to, I just would have people on to talk about what they liked about midlife because I really enjoy being in my forties and fifties. And I I guess I'm passing into my third quarter, pretty my, my uh, third quarter, but uh, um. The show is just, you know, meant to look at what are we better at doing in our in our midlife? What are the, you know, things that we are really happy to have left behind? And so it's positive, but it's, you know, realistic too. I don't, like I said, not a Pollyanna. But I think the most interesting part is my, as you can see, the cassette tape on my wall. I'm I'm really into music. So my first question in every episode is, what was your first concert and what were the circumstances? Because I like <laughs> to get a level set of where everybody went to their first show. So... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And are you, what are you working on now and where can people best connect with you and learn more about your book, the thank you project, but also whatever you're doing next. Thank you. Um, So my website is my last name, Davisco, D-A-V-I-S-K-H-O.com. And the main thing I'm writing right now is just a monthly newsletter. Uh, turns out the day job has gotten rather large and we're going through some family transitions. So I'm not doing much in the way of uh, writing right now, but I am doing the monthly newsletter, which I enjoy because it's um, an essay. I always include some book recommendations, uh, I include some music recommendations. And yeah, I'd love it if people would sign up for that and keep you posted on what else I'm, what else I'm working on. I love it. And thank you so much for your book and for what you're doing and for hanging out with me on Persistence You. I really am so excited. I do a tiny bit of coaching and I use your book as a sometimes as a coaching, you know, something to launch from. And it has been greatly appreciated. So, I mean, I'm I'm so grateful. I always say I'm glad I didn't write I'm glad I didn't write a book about true crime because people who read my book come up and tell me like, I wrote to my teacher and this great thing happened, or I wrote to my uncle John and he's so wonderful because if I wrote a crime book, maybe they would tell me about murders and that would be worse. So you this know what? Is... it's funny you say that because of course <laughs> I work a little bit in true crime, but I will say I'm a true crime interviewer for victims. Even if you work in true crime, what you'll find is that there are elements of resilience and yeah, that people sure. find someone to be grateful to. So I'm sure there's room for gratitude, even in true crime. I All right. Well, good to know. That'll be the, the cross genre that we, <laughs> I can't wait. We'll work on it together. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> it's so Thank nice you. to meet you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Take good care. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.